1: your lessons Listen, failure is not final. Here's my hand. Come on, let's start walking with me. That's what life's about. That's our loving God in the details of life. We've all been there. Maybe you don't want to take his hand. That's stupid. Take his hand. Say, I blew it. Uh, okay, I blew it. He knows you've blown it. Everybody around you probably knows you've blown it. Just be real. Ask God's forgiveness. Get back to walking with Him.
0: The primary way God directs us is through the Bible. The better we know His Word, the easier it is for us to determine His will for our lives. Jesus said the Father will send a helper to teach and remind us of all things of God. He was speaking to believers. In order to understand what God's Word says, you must first be a Christian. You need to be in fellowship with God and desire to know the truth, His ways, and His purposes. Psalms 37, 24 says, If the Lord delights in your way, He'll make your steps firm. If you stumble, you won't fall, for the Lord will uphold you with His hand. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 20, verse 24, with our continuing study entitled, Patience and the Invisible. Lord, let us hear
1: your lessons You'll look back at some of the things that took place in your past, and you go, why? God, why did you allow that to come in? It doesn't make sense to me. Many things will never make sense to us. So when I talk about God's will for your life this morning, I want you to come back to this one understanding. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's the only one that knows from beginning to end. So don't waste your time too much trying to figure out exactly what God's doing. Just know this. God's good. He loves you. And he has everything under control. Some things we will never get until we get to heaven. We'll never understand why we went through those circumstances. That's what that verse means. It just means this. You're not God. Don't try to be God. Just relax and understand that he is good, that he's trying to conform us to the character of Christ. Some things you'll be able to understand. Some things as I look back in my past, I can now see why he did it. I couldn't then. Some things I cannot see. I just don't get it. Oh, relax. It's all right. Now... What can I know about the will of God? Let me give you some things quickly that I want you to write down. I'm going to go through these things very fast. So to write them down, get you a tape as you leave this morning. Number one, all of God's plans for us are good. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So every plan that God has for me is good. Second thing you want to know this morning. Satan lies about the will of God. When you hear the will of God in your life, Satan will come to you and say this. Here's one of the things he'll say to you. Well, you can't determine God's will. Only really special holy people can. Well, who would that be? There aren't any of those. We're all equal. So that's a lie. God wants me to know his will. And when he wants me to know his will, you'll see this morning he makes ways known that I can know it. Second thing Satan will lie to you about is this. Well, Mark, if you have God's will for your life, let me tell you what it's going to mean. It's going to mean this. God's going to send you where you don't want to go. God's going to have you marry somebody you don't want to marry. God's going to have you work at a job you absolutely hate for all your life. Some of you heard that. You think, well, God's going to call me to the ministry. That's the, are you going to send me to Timbuktu and I'm going to eat worms all oh, my life? God. What kind? Well, who told you that? That's Satan. Let me just share this with you this morning. This you have to write down. True success is found only in the center of God's will. So anytime you hear that, that it's bad for you, it's not going to be good, you won't like it or whatever, that's wrong. True success is found only one place in the center of God's will, because it's good for me. And he's creating and working in all those details of my life. He's working them out day by day by day. This is not big choices only. These are the small choices of life. He's working them out for my good. Next, God's will always includes his perfect timing. That's a part we don't like. We live in a world bound by time. Once we get to heaven, there is no more time. Praise God. Timex won't be able to do any commercials. There is no time in heaven. But for here, timing is very important. God's will always includes his timing. Now, because there is timing, that means this next truth about God's will is very evident for us. God's will requires our patience. Patience our patience. Turn with me to Proverbs 16, 3. God's will, timing of it. We know what to do is now the time to do it. Remember, David was appointed king or chosen to be king, but many, many, many years later, he finally got appointed. He got put on the throne. During that interim, he had to wait for God's timing. When we went to pray to start this church, We prayed five years before we started the church. We had to wait on God's timing. So timing is very important. Look at chapter 16, verse 3. This is kind of my version so that you'll get it this morning. Make your plans and then God will approve them and they will succeed. Does that sound kind of like what you just read? Is there something wrong with my verse? Yes, it's called the sequence. Right outside verse 16, write the word sequence. Because if you don't get this verse in the right order, you'll never enjoy God's will in your life. Notice what it says. Commit to the Lord whatever you do. In other words, first, you commit to the Lord whatever you do, and then your plans will succeed. But what do we do? Often we don't follow that sequence. Rather, we make our plans, we head down the road, we plunge into this course of action, and then we go, whoops, things aren't looking right here. We put the money down on the home. We know God's going to sell our other one. He doesn't. Now we're hurting. Why? Because we put our plan before God. See, that's the small details of life. Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, I never do things like that. I always Wait for God. Turn to another verse. I'll show you that you're not true. Psalm 32, verse 9. Psalm. Just uh, back one book. God has a great sense of humor. and He loves to use animals to teach us. Here's a great one. You tell me this morning whether you're more like a horse or a mule as we go through this verse. Psalm 32, 9. God says this. Do not be like the horse or the mule. Which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit or bridle, or they will not come to you. What does that mean? Well, first of all, it says we're not to be like a horse that rushes ahead of God's will. We want to do something, we just get on our horse, and away we go. I don't really like horses. I mean, I like horses, but I don't like horseback riding. My wife loves horseback riding. Being the great, loving, unselfish husband that I am, once I took my wife horseback riding. We got there, and I was looking at the horses, trying to determine which one I wanted. I was looking for one that was just days from going to the glue factory. That, that's what I wanted. What did I get? Some idiot horse that thought he was a, a derby kind of a guy, and I got on it, and away we went. The wife, the leader, everybody else is in the background. I'm going like crazy. Do not be like that. When you're seeking God's will this morning, don't climb on your horse and go, all right, off we go. And then you get down the path and go, whoops. Where are you, God? His invisible hand is nowhere around because we put our plans first. So that's what that verse means. Don't get ahead of God. But there's something else it means. Look at the mule. It says this, Neither be like the mule that lags behind, stubbornly wanting his own way. Here's an open door for you. Watch it this morning. Boom. God says, I want you to take this new job. I want you to take this path. I want you to move to this area. I want you to make this change in your life. And how are we in the background? Mm. No. What does a mule do? backs up. Instead of walking through God's will, we back up for it. Where are you this morning? Are you on your horse, doing your own thing? or you stubbornly refusing to do what God wants? See, when we're doing that, we're not in the center of God's will. You will never find true success either way. And because of that, we're miserable and we make ourselves even more miserable. Because when you go ahead of God and it doesn't work, then you get angry with yourself. And then we get angry with God. It's not God's fault. His invisible hand was saying, hold it. Then when we refuse to go, when God says to go, we're out of his will again. And God says, come on, come on, come on. I have to put a bit and a bridle in there and pull you? Now, I've never had a bridle, a bit in my mouth, but I know you look at them, they are definitely not comfortable. Will God put a bit and a bridle in our mouths? Mm -hmm. God disciplines us the Bible says Hebrews 11 it's not good when you're disciplined by God you want to just go when he says to go so this morning remember there's a sequence to discovering God's will and walking in it in every aspect of your life there's a sequence that works and God's will is involved with that now turn to Psalm you're already in Psalm Psalm 37 verse 23 verse 23 And we find one more thing, that God is patient with us. I don't have to ask the question this morning, but all of us, if you've lived a Christian life for any length of time, have been a horse and we've been a mule. Amen? Now, what does God do when we've been that way? I'm so glad that God's patient. Not only do I have to be patient on God, but I'm so glad that God's patient with us. Look at Psalm 37, verse 23. If the Lord delights in a man's way, he makes his steps firm. Verse 24, though he stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Here we see God's invisible hand again. After we've blown it, God just comes to us and he says, Hey Mark, I know the details of your life. I know you got ahead of me, or I know you were behind me. And I know you're in trouble right now. Now, you're going to pay for it. You're going to have to go through those circumstances. But failure, listen, listen, listen. Failure is not final. Here's my hand. Come on. Let's start walking with me. That's what life's about. That's our loving God in the details of life. We've all been there. Maybe you don't want to take his hand. That's stupid. Take his hand. Say, I blew it. Uh, Okay, I blew it. He knows you've blown it. Everybody around you probably knows you've blown it. Just be real. Ask God's forgiveness. Get back to walking with Him. God is the God of the second chance. Now, how do we discover God's will? Let's turn to John chapter 14, New Testament. We're not in the Old Testament. We're in the New Testament today. Why was the lot, as far as God was concerned, only used one time in the New Testament? How did people the rest of the New Testament, and up to today, the next last 2,000 years, how do we determine God's will for our life? Well, here's how. The key is found in John 14, 26. Now remember, here's the key of what was taking place there. Jesus had been walking with his disciples. They're coming to the end. Almost three years now he's been walking with them. And Jesus makes this announcement. I'm going to the cross. I'll die on the cross, I'll be resurrected, I'm going to go to heaven. So the disciples are saying, well, if you're going to heaven and you're leaving us, who's the leader? Because for the last three years, we've been your followers. So if you leave and you are gone, what do we do? I mean, we used to be fishermen. We knew to take the boat and go out and do fishing but you used to lead us to this town and this town and stop at this person's home and go here and then go by this person's home. How are we going to live? Well, here's the answer. And it's the same for us today. Notice what Jesus says. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you... What's the next word? How much is all? All things. And will remind you of everything I have said to you. So unlike the Old Testament and the New Testament, God would lead Christians in a new way. Here we see that when you became a believer, when I became a believer, God put his Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity, to live inside me. I have God actually living in me. Now, later we'll study what that means as far as coming upon and empower do But what it means as a Christian is, not only do my sins get forgiven, but that means that I have God in my life now to direct my steps, to show me His will in my life. Because of that, listen to this this morning. If you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit in you. That means that there is no more need to ever toss a coin. Ever. You don't need to do it. There's no need for horoscopes. There's no need for lots. There is absolutely no need for a rabbit's foot. And to be honest with you, there is no reason to put out a fleece. We don't see fleeces in the New Testament. That was in the Old. You remember Gideon. So how do I determine the will of God? I'm going to give you in a moment four ways that you do it. But you do it because now I have who living inside me? The Holy Spirit. So he has come... To teach me how many things? You didn't get it. How many? Well, how many is all? I'm looking maybe to refinance my home. I'm not, but you might be. Is God interested in that detail? Well, sure He is. Will He teach you the right way? Well, where do you turn in the Bible to find it? How do you determine it? Well, let me show you four ways. But before I show you four ways, let me give you... Uh, some qualifications real quickly. Okay, we're going to have to go very fast. Ready? Here we go. If you're going to determine God's will, there's a couple things, about three or four that I'm going to give you really quick that you have to know. You probably have to get the tables. Number one, you have to be a Christian. You can't determine God's will if you're not a Christian. you, You don't have the Holy Spirit in you. So you're just gambling with your life. That doesn't mean you make all dumb decisions, but the decisions that really matter in life, being conformed to God... You can't do because you don't have the Holy Spirit. So the first thing you have to do to get God's will in your life is you have to be a Christian. Number two, this is very important. If you're going to be a Christian and you want God's will, here's what you have to say to God first. God, I'm flexible. I will do whatever you tell me to do. That's before you hear the answer. Did you get the sequence? I'm flexible. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. How does that work? It works like this. You see, we can't say to God, God, give me your will for this situation. Let me give you an illustration about this church. Let's say, uh, uh, let's say I say to God, uh, God, I'm really happy here at Melbourne. And it's neat what you've done with my life. I like serving these people. I'm pretty comfortable now. and There's lots of challenges they have with the new buildings and all that stuff. But I'm really excited about it. And I'll serve you as long as you never move me from Melbourne. Now, could I say that in my life? Well, sure. Is God going to answer my prayer? No. See, I've, I've put God in my box. So when I pray for His will, He's not going to give me His will. Because it could be that His will is where? In Timbuktu. To start a new church. With God! Now, if God calls me to start a new church in Timbuktu, should I go to Timbuktu? Why? Because God told me, and the best place to always be is in the center of what? You mean in Timbuktu with a brand new church and no people versus this one with exactly right. Same for your life in every instance. Now, don't start the rumors. I don't even know if there is a Timbuktu, but I'm not going there. And yes, he directs me. And if he does, am I going? Yes. I'm out of here. Does that mean somebody else will take over? Sure it will. See, that's what I'm saying. You, you can't ask God, well, God direct me in this, uh, in, in this situation, but, can't include the but. Number three, you have to be walking with God not only do you have to be a Christian, but you can't have sin in your life. If you have sin in your life this morning as a Christian, God does not hear your prayers. He isn't interested about directing you at all. He's not interested in helping you with your mortgage. He wants to get your life straight. So if you hear this morning you have unconfessed sin as a Christian, you say I'm not hearing from God. No kidding. Cuz God isn't concerned with that detail. He's concerned with the detail of your heart. And lastly, you have to be seeking him through prayer. You have to actually seek it. It's not one of these things that you, you go in all our lives, and those of you over in the, in the chapel, you, you, know, you just sit down in the chapel and say, Hey, God, I'm here. I did my time this morning. I'm out of here. I know whatever I do, you're going to direct my will, and I don't really care to pray about it. I know everything is just going to fall in place. Oh, no, it's not going to fall in place. We're directed to ask and to pray for his will in our life. So let's go through the four ways. There's many ways to find God's will. I'm going to give you just four this morning quickly. Four most important that I believe. Number one, we find God's will through the word of God. Through the word of God. Psalm 119, 105 is on the overhead for you. It says this. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. God gave us his word, which is anointed by the Holy Spirit. By the way, the Holy Spirit, who is the author of this book, lives where in you? Inside. So wouldn't you think the author of the book would use his book to direct you? Yes. All of this is true. So the primary, get this down this morning, the primary way that God directs us in our life is through his word. The primary way. Now, what does that mean? That means this. As we go through the Bible verse by verse, keeping things in context, we discover how to do life right. That's why you're here this morning. Somebody stopped me this last week on Wednesday night and said, how come this church is growing and this one isn't and then whatever. I said, all all, all I can tell you is why this church is growing. Because we're studying God's word. That's what he told us to do. And as we study God's word, people are getting their lives together. Their families are being restored. Their relationships are being made up together. God's just doing miracles because of the principles of God's word. So we go through the Bible. Now, there's two things I want to teach you about as we go through the Bible, what we're learning. The first one is this. We're learning precepts or behind the word precepts. Just write this word, word moral laws. The Bible is filled with precepts or moral laws, which simply are clear, direct commands from God. We don't have any alternative. When I go through them, let me give you some. As you're going through the Bible, the Bible says this do not lie. That's a command. It doesn't mean do not lie except when it's convenient. It just says do not lie. Then another one it says this if you're a Christian, marry only a Christian. That is a command. That is a precept, it's a moral law, hasn't changed since it was written, it will never change. If I go against the moral law of God, am I in trouble? Absolutely. So you can't put yourself above God's law. The second thing we find in God's word are principles, general guidelines that require spiritual discernment. In other words, the principles there, how I apply it, need some application that God can give me. Psalm 119.66 says, Teach me knowledge and good judgment, for I believe in your commands. In other words, God will give us his discernment through the Holy Spirit. Well, what are some of these principles? Here's one. Speak the truth in love, Ephesians 4.15 says. Speak the truth in love. I need discernment with that. That doesn't mean every part of truth that I know, I'm just to speak in love to you this morning.
0: Okay, when we're struggling to accurately discern the will of God for our life, we just learn that we can always refer to God's Word for clarification. The Bible contains precepts and principles for our benefit. Precepts are non-negotiable, clear, direct rules that must be obeyed. Principles are negotiable, general guidelines that have different application for different people and should be interpreted with spiritual discernment. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 4024, and the title of this message is Patience and the Invisible. Again, today's message number is 4024 and the title of this message is Patience and the Invisible. It's hard to have patience and trust the invisible hand of God. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will help us understand how important it is to have faith in the unseen. We need to remember that God's main purpose in the process of life is to conform us to be like His Son. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. As you follow him one step at a time, he will keep you right in the center of God's will. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of Proverbs. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: in a hurting world. A new hope He is giving. Lord, let us hear Your